Thank you for listening to Bloody Podcast. I am your host, Maria Felix, along with my co-host, Cash Abdumalik. Co-host? We keep switching it up. I feel important all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. You should always be important. No, no, no. I'm 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 resident guest. No, and, and no, I, no. And I love that status. We keep switching it up. <laughs> There's other episodes where we say co-host. Okay, I'll take whatever it is. I don't, I don't know what it is. I'm here. My husband is here. Hey, what's going on in here? <laughs> what's happening in this room? In this room, today, today, <laughs> it's a weird transition. That was pretty good. It's pretty great. It's okay. Today, we are talking about the case of Tracy Wigginton, the vampire killer, is what they mm. called her. Specifically, she was referred to as lesbian vampire killer. So, but I'm not going to put that in the title because I think it's superfluous and we'll see that it, it doesn't, it, it was just to demonize her more. Yeah, you don't need to be a lesbian to be a vampire. Oh, we're a killer. You do need to be a lesbian to be a killer. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's the rule. No. <laughs> Tracy Wigginton was born August 4th, 1965 near Rockhampton, Australia. To Rhonda Wigginton and her husband, an unnamed painter. And we don't know who he is. All those paintings that I see that are done by unnamed painters, that's him? That's him. Wow. This guy's got a lot of work under his belt. <laughs> Rhonda's parents, George and Avril, yeah, Avril, like Avril Lavigne, I guess, ah. were prominent members of the Rockhampton community. George was a millionaire having made his money in land dealings that resulted in government connections. Mm. Mm-hmm. Him and Avril met in the 1930s. Avril had a tragic past that she would go on to perpetuate for generations after hers. Jesus. It's not going to go well. Avril was adopted by a sexually abusive uncle when her parents passed, when she was just 11 years old and had no choice to grow up with him until she was of legal age, at least. I don't know how much longer she had to stay with him after that, if at all. I don't know how the hell I'm going to fit a skater boy joke in here. (laughs) (laughs) When she met and married George, they quickly learned that Avril was unable to bear children, so they decided to adopt. They adopted two young girls, Rhonda, and Dorel. After, after Tracy's trial, both women, Rhonda and Dorel, would attest to the extreme abuse they endured at the hands of both George and Avril. George was sexually abusive, mm. and Avril was severe with her physical punishments with the girls. Good God. She would whip them with the cords from an iron, for example. The girls were never allowed to have any friends, and Avril and George routinely practiced rituals of the occult in front of them. What the fuck? Yeah. Jesus. It goes bad fast. Like, Tracy, I mean, I don't like saying never had a chance, but that's kind of the, the easiest phrase I can I'm, think of here. I don't know somebody who would be, you know, sexually abused by one, physically abused by the other, and then they're just like, by the way, we're into demon shit, and you're like, well, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be a lawyer. <laughs> there's no there's no middle ground. So George and Avril eventually grew to hate each other. Big surprise. Hmm. And so he got like a second house, you know, for him and, and his other women. He just had other women. But it sounds like they didn't divorce. He just had like a second house. Kind of like what Lori would say her dad wants. <laughs> Where he just wants another house to go to to get away from his current wife. Oh, that's so sad. (laughs) I have a bunch of like toy collector and toy enthusiast friends who are just like, I'm just going to make a second house for all of my stuff. For all the toys? Because that's their mistress. Yeah, that's their mistress. But also part of me is just like, what else is going on? Yeah. What what the fuck do you want a second house for? Yeah. Why can't you make like a second like shed? Shed's where it's at. Or a barn. Why do you need a house? You could do a barn. You could do a... Anyway. (laughs) As a husband, I love sheds. Yes, you do. I do. Avril stayed with the girls 
at, at the current house. Mm. She even added new children. She took in a girl named Mary Bateman, who was intellectually disabled. Mm. Yeah, it's not going to be good for Mary. And a girl named Michelle, who was the unwanted daughter of a friend of Rhonda's. So Rhonda eventually moves out. She marries this painter in the 1960s. And Avril is a nightmare mother-in-law and works diligently to destroy their marriage. Hmm. And it works. They stay together five years. Three years in, they have a they have a little girl. They have Tracy. Um, but, uh, or sorry, two years in, they have Tracy. Three years later, they're divorced. And Avril, the whole time, is making it a point to insert herself into Tracy's life way before the parents split and now after. Okay. So she's making herself super present. Her grandma is making herself super present in her life, probably in a super crazy housewives-esque overbearing way. (laughs) Or even worse, because, yeah, it's probably, no, it's about the same. Yeah, I'd say. (laughs) And it sounds, I think, like Rhonda was financially dependent on her parents. Mm-hmm. Um, because quickly after they divorced, Rhonda could no longer take care of Tracy. And I don't, there's some reports that say that it was that she got into drug use, which is understandable for what she's going for through. For what she's sure. been through. Um, but that's that's really all I could find about it. So I assume that Rhonda was, you know, financially dependent on her mom. So she can't take care of Tracy anymore. So she hands Tracy off to Avril. No. And then leaves town and eventually remarries and ha- basically has nothing to do with Tracy's life. So she just pieces out. It's just like do over. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's amazing how many people do that. I know. It's shocking. Yeah. Like I find I find that out from people that are just like, oh, they they just took off and now they live in Australia somewhere. I'm like, with who, dude? That's so fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Responsibility back here. They're still married here. Yeah. You still have a fucking wife and children. Yeah. Or when they when they do it, they're we're the like 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 there's a lot of there's a lot of people that'll come over like from Latin America or Mexico and they'll marry somebody here and it's like you're already married over there. Right. And I'm not talking shit. Because I can personally attest to a few people I know that have done this. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. And it's like you have a wife and kids mm-hmm. in the middle of fucking Mexico. Mm-hmm. You came over here and you married again. How are you going to explain one to the other eventually? Eventually, because you're going to have to. You're going <laughs> to. Hey, by the way, you got some brothers and sisters over here. What? Yeah. You have a sister wife. What? I know people who did this from uh, uh, the Middle East. It's fucked up. It's terrible. That's what we think. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, <laughs> that's the worst part of the story so far. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not, not the grandma. Yeah, not the grandma sexually mm-hmm. abusing or grandpa. Okay. So, um, I don't know what happens to Mary Bateman. Hopefully, she got away. But, um, Tracy grew up watching Avril and two male friends of hers physically punish young Michelle all the time. Eventually, they would subject Tracy to similar punishments and, like her mother before her, could not have any friends and was forced to exist in this just hellish world the adults around her had created. She um had to watch... Michelle get whipped by these two grown men and by Avril just randomly throughout the day. They made her sleep outside with the dogs. And then Michelle was eventually able to run away at the age of 15 and she never came back. Good Uh, for her. Yeah. And then Tracy stayed behind. And after everything happens with Tracy, you know, Michelle's interviewed and she says, like, my only regret is that I wasn't able to take her with me. It's so sad. So sad. That's fucking horrifying. This sounds like Texas Chainsaw Massacre shit. It kind of does, yeah. Ugh. But they were inbreds, weren't they? I guess. I don't know. I mean, it could be a good origin story for them. Oh, wow. 
So, unsurprisingly, Tracy had trouble at school. She, even though she attended a prestigious private school, because remember, her, parent, her grandparents have a lot of money, um, she was expelled after, quote, molesting other girls. Mm-hmm. And she was admitted to a Catholic school where the same thing eventually happened, and she had to leave that school as well. After that, I'm not sure if she finished high school or dropped out. George died in 1979, and Avril died in 1981. But she left one of her male companions in charge of Tracy as as her legal guardian. Yeah. Ugh. Come on. She made sure that Tracy would continue to get fucked up for life. Even after her death. It's terrible. What a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. It's like you're on your deathbed. You can make up for it. It's something. So be mean. Yeah. <laughs> what a fucking bitch. By this time, though, teenage, teenage Tracy was a tall girl. She was six feet tall, and she had a broad build. Uh-oh. Yeah. During an instance of attempted abuse from this man, she hospitalized him with head injuries. Good. Yeah. But that also smells like it's going to be trouble for everybody <laughs> you know where in this, the neighborhood. Well, this is, you know, a type of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this, yeah, I thought this was going to be nice. <laughs> I'm just picturing Nelson. <laughs> Nelson. <laughs> the <Simpsons. laughs> He's not that tall. Tracy's grandparents had left her a small inheritance. Uh, but it sounds like from different reports on top of the inheritance, they also left her properties that were managed. So she didn't have a huge need to work. How are you going to fucking abuse somebody and then leave them shit? I guess that's just what like rich families with dark secrets do. I don't know. I guess so. At the age of 18... Her trust fund released her $75,000, which Tracy quickly squandered away on, like, partying and a motorcycle. Life took a left turn after that because she spent all her money, and she worked for a while as a sex worker. Deepened her interest in the occult, which had been growing already since she was a teenager, and had a serious relationship with a girl named Sunshine. Well, hey! Mm-hmm. That's nice. Sorry. <laughs> it's a nice name. Just want everybody to be and happy that's the and end. safe. Oh, good. <laughs> Guys, it's been Blade Podcast. You've been great. Mm-hmm. Then at the age of 21, she inherited another $80,000, which she spent frivolously as well. Cha-ching! <laughs> Sound effects, just for a little bit. <laughs> that's great. In 1989... Tracy was now 24, and her and Sunshine's relationship was deteriorating. She said Sunshine had a wandering eye. And Tracy then chose to hook up with an acquaintance of hers. She called up Lisa Tachinsky, and they rapidly developed an affair while Tracy was still living with Sunshine. Hubba hubba. It was that very much that like we're over, we're over, we just have to live together because it's like the apartment and the lease. Oh God! Oh, been there, <laughs> done that. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> That's what I assume she told Lisa. That's what I think because it's like she was definitely still living with somebody. Crazy. Yeah. Where you been? Out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I need the bed tonight. Why? Oh, God. Because <laughs> <laughs> they have one bed. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Just don't come home. Fuck. But Lisa, who was also 24, had a troubled history herself. She was a self-harmer who had already been in the hospital a whopping 80 times for cutting and pills. 80 times? So she kept going to the hospital with, like, cuts. Like, it was very clearly for attention-seeking. <laughs> so I'm not laughing at her. I'm just imagining somebody going to the hospital just like, you know, this is my 63rd time here. They're like, we know. We know. We know, Lisa. See you 64th. 
Ugh. Oh, God. Can we get a break? <laughs> <laughs> She's eating all the jello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she just stays on the phone all day. Yeah. Well, she, she fucking make a phone call from home. Yeah. Is she homeless? <laughs> <laughs> so Tracy and Lisa then started hanging out with Lisa's friends, who were also a couple, Kim Jarvis, Kim Jervis, and Tracy Wow. Wow? Wow. Wog? Whoa. Wog. I'm going to assume it's Wog. I'm sorry. Is it W-A-U-G-H? Yeah. Wow. Kim Jervis and Tracy Wah. Wah. <laughs> I think it's actually woo because it's like Hugh. Let's say Wah. Well, it's Australian. Wah. Yeah. And I was Tracy Wah. <laughs> Who are both 23 years old. We're both 23 years old. At the time. I had no idea that this was in Australia. Yes, I told you at the beginning she grew up in Rockhampton, Australia. That must have been the one little bit that just flew out of my mind. Oh, the one little bit. The one tiny little bit. <laughs> well, now now you have a lot. Now Later you're gonna have now, a lot it's more. It's gonna be yes. a totally different experience. <laughs> Let's have a good time today at the bloody podcast. Everybody, the host from Case File is here today. We're very excited. You may know me from my case file. Case file. Yeah. But I'm here. Yeah. On the bloody podcast. Super exciting. Very excited to have a good time. <laughs> Gonna be nice. Do you mind if Do you mind if I continue with the story? I know you normally do it. Place. Okay. Be my guest. <laughs> I'm I could. Your guest. <laughs> I could hand this whole script over, and <laughs> and you do it in the case file voice no, the whole time. It's my day off. Okay. <laughs> we'll just use it for the ads. Right. The women claim that Tracy compelled them to believe that she was a vampire. And or which, like, I'm not sure the things that we'll talk about that they list as vampire things sound like witch things. So I don't know if they just don't didn't know. Maybe they were like, oh, she's a vampire witch. witch yeah, vampire? sure. Maybe vampire witch. Maybe. Or maybe they're like, well, hey, all this Hollywood shit that we've heard about vampires is not necessarily true. Oh yeah, that makes sense. You could be like, "Oh, you know, that's all one thing." You know. You know oh yeah, that's a that's a great way to convince yourself it's real. I do it every day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they definitely saw her as a leader of a satanic cult. The women said they began to follow her blindly for different reasons. Tracy Wall would claim that she had witnessed Tracy's body disappear. And only the eyes of a cat floating in front of her. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Kim claimed that Tracy had told her she was a chosen one because she had broken a crucifix. And all the women were convinced that Tracy had to drink blood in order to survive. They claimed that Tracy was aware and knew that she had to escalate from animal blood, which she drank at the time, to human blood eventually. Ugh. Oh, yeah. That makes Yeah. Yeah. Makes she was like, I have to eventually get a better source of life. Yeah. I can only have these rats right now because it's what's available. Yeah. But that guy over there, well, the rats first. <laughs> By the way, instantly, anytime you and I break something in the house, we should say that we are the chosen ones. <laughs> you are the chosen one. So, next time I break a plate, yeah, which is going to be like, what, any day now? You <laughs> are the chosen one. And I'll go, me? Then I'll kill a rat. Yeah. <laughs> drink its blood. And I'll disappear, but only leave my eyes behind. Cat eyes. Cat eyes. <laughs> it won't be actual cat eyes. It'll just be the makeup of cats. I thought you were going to hold up a piece of paper that said cat eyes. <laughs> be like, I see it. so it only took two weeks of them hanging out just two weeks Mm -hmm. for her to convince all of them then they needed to go on the hunt for her go on the hunt honey (laughs) before that lisa had already allowed tracy to drink blood from her from herself as well nice Mm. 
I mean, but she's already like into cunning, you know. So yeah, I kind of feel like that's just the next step. Like, like you're already gonna do. It. That's probably maybe that's what Tracy said. Like you're already gonna cut yourself. So why don't you just let me have a taste? It's true. It's true. <laughs> Joy Division's playing in the background. They're just like, let's figure this, let's, let's figure this stuff out. <laughs> I have a new Bauhaus record. Let's be vampires. <laughs> in the week before the murder, the women would also say that they picnicked at a cemetery and stole a headstone. And that they would also watch horror movies where Tracy would repeatedly rewind all the violent parts and watch them over and over, which is like... <sighs> Seventh grade, man. Ugh, seriously, so annoying. Oh. So yeah, a lot of this, like the picnic at a cemetery, seventh grade, stealing a headstone, it's like, that's, you know, first of all, you're a fucking asshole. Yeah, and second exactly. Of all, second of all, like, seventh grade shit. Mm-hmm. And so is the cat eye. Like, the cat eye thing, <laughs> it's like ginger snaps. Like, I don't know what's ginger happening. Ginger snaps! <laughs> Not the first time it's been referenced. Not the last. Uh, yeah, it's pretty fucking trite. This is it's bullshit. Stupid. These girls are in their 20s. It's like, bitch, go out and fucking go to the club. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? Go to the club. Enjoy yourself. Get a job. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're going to do rituals and, and like be, you know, a member of, a, of the occult or this a satanic cult, then, like, like, do the cool shit. Thank you. You know? Seance. Summon some shit. Thank you. <laughs> Let's get some ghosts up in this bitch. <laughs> get some ghosts up in this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker. Something <laughs> 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 makes a noise, which is like, what the hell was that? <laughs> they were playing Light of the Feather, Stiff of the Board. Yeah, and right? Bitches are 23 and 24. Bitches. Bitches. <laughs> 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 um. <laughs> She also repeatedly, this is very seventh grade. This is very fucking, um, that stupid website. Oh, did they do the little thing with the fucking the, no. the piece of paper? She repeatedly, according to them, she repeatedly forced them to watch a video of a man uh, being shot in the head. So it's it's like, that's like you know, when a bloody disgusting, I think it was. Or like the fucking, what were the videotapes that we used to watch? There was like all the terrorist beheading ones that. Y- yeah, but it was like, ugh. God, what the fuck was it called? I'm so sorry. It's not important for this. But yeah, I remember those were like available. It'd be like, Faces of Death. That's what it was. Faces of Death. Faces yeah. Faces of Death. I remember I was a kid and somebody was like, you want to watch Faces of Death? And I was like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. It and I was like, the monkey thing was lame. That, that was weak. <laughs> Everything else was like, whatever. <laughs> I saw a couple of videos of just that general genre. And I was like, nope. I'm, I'm good. Right? I'm good. It's okay. like a test you need to pass. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, are you cool? Let's see. Do you like this? Nope. Nope. You're cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go home now. Cool. Yeah. You should get away from me. Yeah. I'm gonna watch Alvin and the Chipmunks. That sounds nice. <laughs> so, on the night of Friday, October 20th, 1989, the women were out at La this bar. Lamours. Lamours. Mm. Drinking Riccadonna Prosecco champagne. I'm sorry. I think it was Riccadonna Spumante champagne. It was champagne. Oste Spumante sparkling wine. There we go. Which, for some reason, the documentary likes to note was a different order than their usual drinks. I feel like it might have been a note from the bartender or the waitress working mm-hmm. there that night, which sounds like such a law and order note. Like that's not what they normally ordered. They were really going. Like, they were going ham last night. Left like a hundred dollar tip. Yeah, they really went nuts. You're in here about eight thirty, eight forty three. Um, so they were there a couple hours. Yes, they around. They they uh, showed up around ten. Huh? Left around eleven thirty. Hmm. Um, when they left. Tracy said it was time. Uh-oh. And the woman hopped in her car and started cruising towards the city's botanic gardens. That's where all the crazy shit goes down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> botanical gardens. Yeah, Brisbane's botanical gardens. I mean, honestly, I feel like 
in most cities, if there's a botanical gardens, you go there after hours or some fucking rich people have an orgy or something like that. Because nobody would expect it. That's true. That's yeah. true. It also sounds like you can drive through their botanical gardens, so it's a little different. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah. As they drove, they passed a stumbling Edward Blaylock. Blaylock? This Blaylock. Blah. Edward. This. Had been out drinking. I said by that drinking. Poor Edward. Blue. Also, he's Australian. Hey, you should all be uh, drinking. what? <laughs> Hello. Edward had been out drinking and playing a competition off of his favorite game, darts. I won. Yeah, he did. All the games. At the Collodian Club in Kangaroo Point. Yes. <laughs> He'd won. He'd won some money that night. Big bucks. Yep. He spent some of he spent some of it getting nice and sloshed with his buddies. Toasty. Before <laughs> before heading out to catch a taxi home. Smart. Yes. He's a smart, responsible man. Mm-hmm. Edward was a husband to Elaine. And father of five children. Five kids. Five kids. At 47. Right. He was already a grandfather of two Jeez. as well. Wow. Mm, young dude. He loved his job. Yeah, love my job. And his family said that he was always very present. And he loved engaging in fun activities with all of them when he was home from his work, which forced him to travel. Hell of a guy. Gotta live in the moment. Mm -hmm. He -hmm. drove the children everywhere because Elaine didn't drive and was always excited for his family to have a good time. Not a big deal. He's a good dad. Yep. How about a pops? (laughs) As the headlights of Tracy's Holden Commodore sports sedan showed on Edward, Tracy decided that he would be her victim. Well, They pulled the car up next to him and reports vary as if it was Kim or Tracy that talked to him first. But one of them pretended to be a sex worker, mm. if not all of them. One report said it was Kim because she was the most attractive of the four. <laughs> it literally said. The, the least ghoulish. <laughs> Jesus, guys. <laughs> so Edward got in the car. Oh, no. Yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe they offered him a ride home, but I really don't think so because of what happens next. Edward got in the car, and Tracy ordered Kim to drive to Orly Park next to the Brisbane River. On the short drive, Edward fell asleep because he was too buzzed. Once there, Tracy and Edward left the car. So she wakes him up. She's like, come on. Tracy and Edward left the car. And went by and walked to a little boathouse nearby. Trace, yeah, so now at this point, it's like, well, we well, know that they offered sex. Yeah. Which is, you know, like, he's still a victim, as it's obvious here. Am I not men? Oh, men. It's all right. <laughs> Maybe my last impression of him before the murder. Sorry. <laughs> Tracy took off her shirt and told Edward to remove his clothes. She said she had a pee and then left him there. She went back to the car to fetch to fetch one of the girls because she was like, I don't think I can do this alone. And she convinced Lisa to come with her. She also asked Kim for the butterfly knife that she always carried. Mm-hmm. Because she are she did like Tracy had her own knife, but she's like, This one's not up to the job. So she asked for the switchblade. And then returned to the boathouse. When she had returned, Edward had already stripped naked and folded up his clothes neatly beside him. Okay. That's the that's it. He folded the clothes up. He's naked. Yeah. You got five kids at home, my friend. Yeah. Okay, I drunk yar. Tisk tisk. I know he's a victim. I'm so sorry. While he spoke to Lisa. Tracy came up behind him with the blade in hand. Reports vary as whether Lisa had the knife first and then lost her nerve when Edward was like, what are you doing? Or if Tracy had the knife all along. So either Tracy took the knife from Lisa when Lisa lost her nerve Mm -hmm. or Tracy just did it. But 
Either way, as as he was asking, what are you doing with that? She bl- she plunged the knife into his back. Oof. And as he tried to fight back, she removed the knife and stabbed him again in the back of the neck. Something about getting stabbed or shot while naked is so unsettling. It's so sad. Lisa claims after she lost her nerve and Tracy took the knife, she ran back to the car. Another version says that Lisa watched as Tracy repeatedly attacked Edward. He would end up with 27 stab wounds and nearly decapitated. When Tracy's frenzy was over, Lisa ran back to the car. So either way, she ran back to the car and Tracy stayed at the scene, smoking a cigarette and listening to the gurgling, fading sounds of Edward dying. That is very sad. Yes. Once he was finally still, Tracy inserted her fingers into the wounds she had made in his neck and fed on his blood. When she finished, she threw the knife in the river and went back to the car where the women were still waiting for her. (sighs) These girls, like, (sighs) no, these are women. These are fucking straight. Like, I know 23 is young. Mm-hmm. You're fucking, you're a fucking woman. <laughs> what? <laughs> they're sheep. First of all, yeah, they're sheep. And one of their defenses later on is that they're like, we were convinced she wouldn't do anything. And it's like, she is literally telling you. Man, fuck you. She wants to kill a guy and feed on his blood. Yeah. She's literally telling you that. There's no, there's no like implication. You're not insinuating <laughs> About or you're not going to be a bad friend by assuming that this person is dangerous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I knew a kid when I was younger who was like, "I wonder what it's like to kill somebody." I remember, I remember, we were hanging at his house, fucking talking about something, and he was like, "I wonder what it's like to kill somebody." And I was like, "I'm sure it's pretty horrible." He was like, "I don't know. It seems like it'd be kind of cool." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Huh." Never hung out with him again after that. That's, that's fair. all I needed. That huh was, huh. That's fair. I'm never going to fucking hang out with you anymore because it feels like you mean it. I mean, if you're, that's weak shit. These ladies. Yeah. And even if. Bitches. This is like the only outlet in your life where you can call a woman that. Well, I feel it about them. And also, I wouldn't say that normally, but if you kill somebody, I'll call you a bitch. And also, if you're a dude and you kill somebody, I'll call you a bitch as well. That's true. That's fun. Um, <laughs> I was going to say that even if you didn't believe her and you went through all this rigmarole and maybe you were like, we thought she was, he, she was just going to leave him there naked and it would have been a funny prank. Once, <laughs> once Lisa comes back to the car and is like, she fucking stabbed him. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you guys drive off? Why are you guys chilling in the car waiting for her to come back? They're probably so stupid. They were like, are you sure? It's pretty dark. You really don't have your glasses on. I'm sure she didn't stab her. <laughs> there has to be some sort of reasonable explanation. <laughs> you spent half an hour discussing it. Yeah. It's an idiot <laughs> fest. Yeah. Also, I know it's feeding on someone's blood, but the fact that she stuck her fingers in there and then licked it off of her fingers, somehow that's still seventh grade too. That's yeah. weak. Yeah. Yeah. Go full. <laughs> so she gets Tracy gets back to the car, and Kim is like, have you fed? <laughs> the lamest thing to say to somebody. Yes, I know. Have you fed? So hot topic. Ugh. So she's like, yeah. And Tracy asks him, do you want to see the body? And Lisa and Kim are both like, yeah. And they go and look at the body with Tracy again. Tracy Wall mm-hmm. stays in the car. She's like, I don't want to see it. Whoa. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> So they drove back after that. They drove back to Tracy's flat and split up for the day. Cause now it's like nearing dawn. Then at this point, Tracy realizes she had lost her work or she had lost her bank card somewhere at the park. You know, I expect nothing less. I expect nothing less from these idiots. <laughs> They're at the scene of a crime. So I took all the stuff out of my pockets and dumped it on the floor. And I think I got everything up. Yeah. Or it was even before that. Like, she's like, oh, we're headed to the park. Let me make sure I bring my debit card. <laughs> Just in case there's an ATM. Yeah. 
horror street vendor with square. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> so she goes back by herself uh, at the crack of dawn to try to look for it. She doesn't find it and she returns home. Mm-hmm. That same morning, Elaine Baldock called the police to report her husband missing. It was unusual for him to stay out late when he did go out, and it was unheard of that he not return home. At the same time, across town at Orley Park, a guy on his little boat discovered the man, the body of a man near the bank of the river. Oh my god! That's the guy? That's the guy. He is Australian. He's visiting. No, he's not. Oh my god! No, that's not right. Oh my god! He's visiting from London, jolly old London. What the hell is this? <laughs> so the police are called to the scene. At the crime scene, the police discovered Edward's wallet with his ID in it, so they were quickly able to identify the body. Mm-hmm. And upon inspecting his clothes, which were still na- found neatly piled beside him, they found tucked in the toe of his shoe a bank card belonging to Tracy Whittington. <laughs> you know, if I was a detective and that shit ha- I would laugh just like I did just now. Be like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sully, look at this. <laughs> you believe this? Give me a good day. Give me a good day. Uh. At first, they believed that maybe. Because it looked just like Edward's card, he had picked it up and thought it was his mm-hmm. and put it in his in his shoe for safekeeping because he was stumbling drunk through the park. Well, they don't know if he was stumbling, but they were like, he was obviously in the park is what they think. Mm-hmm. So anyway, they, tra- they tracked down this T.A. Wigginton and it's Tracy who answers the door to them and she claims that her and her friends had been at the park the previous night. Playing on the swings. On the swings, bitch. Like, you are 23. I know some 23-year-olds who are completely stupid and would, would do this. Okay, well, it's your meet cute is not going to happen at, uh, on the swings. So, uh. go do some Pilates. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, so, she says they'd been on the swings that night and she had lost her bank card. Her and her friend had returned to look for it that morning, saw the body... Freaked out and left. Dumb. Without calling the police. Dumb. And so investigators didn't suspect her at all, but they must have a little. Because they were like, okay, well, let us search your car. Yeah, I mean, that's the low key. That's the low key thing. Like, we just need to check all our bases. Sounds sounds crazy. Somewhere that happened to you. Let me take a look at your car real quick. Yeah. So in the car, in the trunk... They discover a bloody towel. Look at this. And they ask Tracy to come down to the station for a statement. Already at the station is Lisa. Who, I mean, it's fucking Lisa. Like, she loves attention. So. (laughs) It's true. If she's like, I have this, I have I have something I have to tell her. Oh, yes. <laughs> fucking scandalous snitches. So she's already confessing to the police what her and her friends had done. Mm-hmm. The whole thing. Damn. The whole enchilada. She not only told them that Tracy had committed the entire murder uh, and that the others were, that her and the others weren't convinced that she would actually do it, but she also told them that she knew for a fact Tracy was a vampire. And she had given her own blood to her before to prove it. Happy cops. So, <laughs> Tracy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a, a sad day for Edward. Sad day for Edward. Bella. And honestly, I wanted to say also, cheaters and all that stuff, you don't deserve to be killed by somebody. That's horrible. Um, so I'm not belittling that at all. But a great day for the couple. <laughs> it's an easy day. They're going to go home at six. Oh, yeah. yeah we're out of here. Full on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do the paperwork tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
Once they told Tracy that Lisa had given her up, Tracy changed her story. Because at first she was like, I don't know. Da, 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 da. <laughs> uh, she changed her story. She said she was guilty of the murder. Mm. And described the entire event to police officers. She said she felt nothing during or after the murder. Will, will, will. Australian law prohibits extensive media coverage when someone initially pleads guilty. So details of the crime slowly leaked out. The outlets latch, media outlets latched on and called her the, quote, lesbian vampire killer and, quote, the devil's wife, unquote. Devil's wife's too cool for this idiot. Yeah. Devil's wife's for someone who's established in intelligence. <laughs> I'm sure she thanks you. <laughs> so all the women were interviewed, which is when they all confessed that they believed Tracy had an undeniable hold on them and that she was a vampire with magical powers who would have hurt them and torn their arms off if they intervened in her feeding. Turn their arms off? Yeah. You dum-dums. <laughs> You're just so stupid. So the interview, yeah, <laughs> very stupid. Their interviews were not were not made public, but they were shown to the jury. And they also covered in 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 without specific detail, they also covered incest and satanic worship that the women knew about in relation to Tracy. Sure. All of the women were in complete agreement that Tracy and Tracy alone should be blamed for the actual murder. Stick which together. Is, what the th what I think that's what that half hour talking about in the fucking Holden Commodore was waiting for Tracy to get back from her feeding. They were just like, well, well it's all her. We're gonna fucking put it on her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. She did this, guys. Tracy was like, I never left the car. It's all you guys. I never did anything. Yeah, I did. I was the least. designated driver tonight. <laughs> Tracy Waugh. <laughs> The least dumbest of the dumb. Yeah. When Tracy, Tracy Wigginton, was interviewed by medical experts, all of them agreed that Tracy actually suffered from multiple personality disorder and had at least four personalities inside of her, two of which could have killed Edward. Okay. There was little Tracy, who was an innocent personality. How's it going? There was Big Tracy, who was a woman with severe depression. Leave me alone. There was The Observer, a disconnected personality who was ice cold. Hmm. Look at him. <laughs> there was Bobby, a frightening and violent person. Yeah! And Avril, the mental reincarnation of Tracy's grandmother. See you later, boy. Ah, you got it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Full Monty. When put under hypnosis and asked about Edward, Bobby was the personality to respond through Tracy, growling that she, quote, wanted him, unquote. Doctors believe Tracy was not aware of the multiple personalities inside of her, although she was fully cognizant of the attack, which I find very interesting. Hmm. If one of the other personalities committed the attack, how does Tracy, regular Tracy, know what happened? Right? Kind of like the 101 of multiple personality disorder. Yeah. Right? It's interesting. Hmm. And I think they also were a little puzzled by it because even though she had multiple personality disorder, she was still deemed fit to stand trial. This is weird. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, as long as she goes to jail for the rest of her life, it's at this point. Uh, because she pled guilty already, the procedure only lasted nine minutes. This means, uh, also in Australia, an automatic a guilty plea means an automatic life sentence. Hey. Lisa also pled guilty for her involvement and received a life sentence, while Kim who went out and looked at the body and handed over the switchblade, received 18 years for manslaughter. Mm -hmm. While Tracy Wall, who never left the car, was not charged. Okay. 
Okay. I mean, she's still long for the ride. She was at first going to be charged as an accessory to the murder. Okay. But it seems that what they did during the trial for her is they played up her Christian background. Hmm. And they were like, she was Christian up until the moment she met Tracy. So, um, that's, it. I really think that they just, you know, they were like, hers is a throwaway. Mm-hmm. Obviously, who we really want are Tracy and the other two. Yeah. So, Kim served 12 years before being released. Lisa served 17 years behind bars before being released on parole. But I thought she was life in prison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have different programs there for parole. You become eligible for parole for certain life imprisonments, I think, after 15 years. Uh-huh. Um, and... And there's other programs that I, I I don't know all the details of. Crazy. In prison, Tracy earned the nickname Fang. Yeah, real, real fucking great. Good. Yeah. She became heavily institutionalized, but she did earn degrees in philosophy and anthropology. And she also became certified in forklift driving. I ain't impressed. <laughs> in 1996... A journalist named Ella Rigert was given permission to interview her in prison. A portion of her interview discusses her memory of the crime now. There is no emotion, just blind fury. But once I started, I couldn't stop. I couldn't see Mr. Bulldog. I kept seeing my grandmother, my grandfather, my mother, my father, and all the people in my life who hurt me. There is no emotion, just blind fury. But once I started, I couldn't stop. It was such blind fury I was able to pick up a dead man with two knives. She goes on to say that The public has no idea what my dreams are like at night time. It's never over. I don't think about it constantly, but whenever I'm alone or having a quiet moment, I'll think about it and I cry. Murder is a terrifying experience. It's extremely scary to have that much power. It's playing God with life and death. Nobody should have that sort of power. But we all do. Tracy applied for parole four times. One of the times, rugby player and apparent friend of hers, Joe Kilroy, had offered his house for as accommodations, like publicly. Huh. Which is like, get the fuck out of here, Kilroy. Yeah, Shut dude, up. fuck off. The last time she applied in 2011, one of Edward's daughters spoke out, begging the courts not to release her. Tracy, for her case said that a niece and a cousin of Edward's had told her that they had forgiven her for the crime. Which is like, nobody gives a fuck about his cousin forgiving you for the crime. The daughter yeah. has not, and the, you know, I'm sure all five children of his and his wife and his grandchildren do not forgive you, and you shouldn't be out. His, but, ne- his neighbors said it was cool. Yeah, that's just fucking bullshit. But her parole was granted. Uh, What? She was released from prison in 2012 at the age of 46. She's still health like she's that's still a healthy age age. And the courts had cited her age as one of the reasons where it's like she's not a threat anymore. It's like 46 is you, you could still be in peak prime shape. Absolutely. People in their fucking 50s or in their 60s yeah. now are in fucking prime shape. Yeah. Also, what's that movie where the old dude that's blind like kills people still? Oh, you know that you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah, look at him. Uh, fuck. Although Tracy has hepatitis C from drug injections, I don't know if that was pre-prison or during prison, but mm. she has Hep C and chronic back and knee pain because she's a big girl. She seemed otherwise healthy and mobile. So I don't know. Australian reporters are not allowed to talk to people on parole. What? Mm-hmm. So no interviews have been conducted ever since she's been released. They can't do it. That is so fucking shady. Mm-hmm. What are you doing, Australia? <laughs> I mean, I think it works for, for like, the guilty verdict stuff where it's, like, they're trying to keep it within the courts and out of the media. I, I bet you there's, you know, pros and cons to that system. Yeah, I see it. Tracy stayed under the radar until recently... In 2021, 
when a news story was posted that she had been posting dark and occult images on her Facebook under her pseudonym, Oberon Fairchild. Oberon Fairchild? Yes. I'm a fucking idiot. Still dumb after all these years, huh? Yep. The typical the pictures are typical Facebook meme fodder. They're like skulls, like smoky, smoky skulls and like dark horned creatures. Like it's just like random pictures. Mm-hmm. And like the the most like that people were like citing as like scary. I don't know if they were trying to cite it as scary, but it's the one that they found most disturbing. <laughs> Was one that said, "It's just a, th- a thing that says, don't mess with dragons. You are crunchy and delicious." Game of Thrones shit, man. Stupid. <laughs> it's ridiculous. The Facebook page has either since been deleted or extremely privatized. I can't find over in Fairchild on there. Maybe she's on fucking Snapchat. <laughs> I'm sure she is. <laughs> she's on fucking Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. It has never been revealed to the public who put the bank card with her name on it in Edward's shoe. Whether Edward had spotted it himself and done it, or if a friend of Tracy's did it, you know, in mm. between, maybe when maybe when Lisa and Kim went back to look at the body, maybe one of them went back after they dropped her off. I do when Lisa, Lisa, or Kim. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, Tracy could have even been Tracy, and she's so stupid. But it probably was, it wasn't locked. She never got out of the car. Yeah. Or was it Tracy who did it herself due to her multiple personalities? Hmm. If one personality knew that another personality had done something so terrible, would the innocent personality want to give themselves up and set it up that way? Because also, it's in the toe of his shoe. And I find it hard to believe that when Tracy went back that morning... She didn't look through his clothes. She, I mean, maybe she didn't. Maybe she's like, why would it be over there where his clothes are? But either way, I found that very interesting. We don't know who put the bank card in. Mm-hmm. It was most likely one of one of the friends, probably Lisa or Kim. But who knows? It's hard to tell. Everybody's just so fucking foolish. Edward's family hopes that people remember him for the good husband father and grandfather that he was and not for any of the simulations put out by the media about what he was doing that night may he rest in peace may you rest in peace thank you guys for listening to bloody podcast that's our episode this week we'll be back check us out on patreon and uh follow us on instagram at bloody podcast and as always email us at the bloody pod the bloody podcast at gmail.com if you have any comments or suggestions.